online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Yes, it is Friday. It may not feel like it with the rain and the cold and the nastiness outside, but it is Friday here on ESPN 106.7. This is the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Happy March. Yes, it is March 1st. 2024 and it is the best month for college basketball some would argue that it's the best month in all of sports and we're going to talk about that on the show today alongside me in the studio is my co-host on monday wednesday fridays it's uncle t-bone happy friday man you got to be happy on a friday right oh my gosh Uh, absolutely happy march everybody it's a dreary start to uh to the month of march but it's going to be an exciting one jacob Tons of big news, tons of basketball, baseball, spring football. I mean, I know I'm pumped up here on this Friday. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. Hear it on the line, the show that tells it like it is. And holds nothing back, and we fully plan on doing that once again here today. We've got more reactions from the Auburn-Tennessee game on Wednesday. Uh, We also have to, it's a quick turnaround, but begin previewing the Auburn and Mississippi State game coming up tomorrow afternoon inside of Neville Arena. Also have Auburn baseball this weekend. We'll give you some updates on that with the weather. They're coming in, and hopefully it gets out of here. Uh, you have Auburn softball that played last night, also playing this weekend in the Jane B. Moore Memorial. And uh, women's basketball played last night, got a big win last night, and they'll be playing again on Sunday. Plus, just other big games going on in college fo- in college basketball. And we'll have some Hugh Freeze audio from his press conference yesterday. So, busy show today. As he mentioned, give us a call, 334-321-1390. Your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns on a Friday afternoon. And, and really the question that we ask every year, is March the best year for sport is the best month for sports sorry best month for sports throughout the year because of the ending of college basketball conference tournaments NCAA tournament you have college baseball you have uh, spring football getting going you have baseball major league baseball is right around the corner I mean you've got basketball heating up in the NBA NHL heating up both of those leagues coming down the home stretch they'll begin their playoffs in mid-April I mean March is up there for one of the best sporting months throughout the entire year Uncle Tebow yeah no but no doubt about it looking forward to March Madness as much as anything I've said it several times that first weekend, that first four days of the NCAA tournament in basketball for men, to me, is my favorite sporting event of the year. It just kicks off the absolute madness. It really will kick off with the conference championships and uh, when, when that all starts. And you said it the other day on the radio, it's awesome to 
wake up on a Tuesday, Wednesday morning and see all the buzzer beaters on ESPN from the very late games from the small schools and how exciting it is for those teams to get into the tournament and really get their shot. It's just a special thing, and uh, I love it, you know, and uh, we're going to have the the Masters right around the corner oh, as well. yes. Which is uh, I've been seeing the commercials. Awesome. And, oh. and baseball, and, and, I mean, it's just a good time of year. Uh, for some reason, it always feels like, I guess, it's the end of winter, uh, colder in March to me than it does February and late January here on the Plains, and today is a perfect example of it. But we're going to have some breaking news here shortly about some cool stuff that we're going to be involved with this March and uh, with some really cool people, and it'll be a lot of fun for all our listeners to join us in that. So, uh, look, man, we had a lot of basketball this weekend. We've already had a lot of basketball this week. We might as well. I haven't had a time to yeah, talk yeah. to you, really, about what happened with Auburn and Tennessee Wednesday night and what, to me, was a tournament-like game. Uh, we talked about that on Wednesday that, you know, win, lose, or draw, we need to see a tournament mentality out of Auburn. I saw enough Wednesday Look, nobody likes to lose in anything, especially a basketball game, but Auburn's fine. Auburn basketball is okay. And if they continue to play like they did, for the most part, against Tennessee, they're going to be okay in the tournament. And if the ball bounces the right way and the matchups are the right ones, you're going to see them make a run. Mm -hmm. But they ran into a buzzsaw Wednesday night, Jacob. And sometimes that just happens in life. Because Auburn played – for the most part, as a team, pretty well as a basketball team. I mean, they just went in there and, and pushed the number uh, four team in the country to the brink on their own uh, on their own court. Yeah. And if Dalton Connect doesn't go Larry Bird Jr., <laughs> you know, if he doesn't uh, just start making everything under the sun and they don't shoot – mainly he doesn't shoot above 80% like he did in the last half of the second half. Right. Throwing up stuff from the timelines, man, just drain he was a machine. He was a beast. If he doesn't hit every single one of those shots, and Baker Mazar Jr. plays just a little, I mean, Chad Baker Mazar plays just a little bit better. He had a tough night. Not, I love Chad Baker Mazar, and I'm not dogging him, but he had a tough night. If those, if if Connect plays just a little bit worse, and Baker Mazar plays a little bit better, Auburn wins the game. Mm-hmm. So look. Stuff happens in big-time college basketball. This wasn't like when Auburn went to Florida and no-showed. This this isn't what it was like when Kentucky came to town and Auburn just kind of jobbed it up on national television. Jobbed. This is a team, I think, that's getting right for the tournament. And despite the fact not winning the game Wednesday night against Tennessee – I still think if they continue to play like that, they're going to make a deep run. And, and they should. They played really, really good. Uh, and I said this on the show yesterday. I talked about this with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Auburn played good enough to win mm-hmm. in that game on Wednesday. But here's the thing. You said it to open up. This was like an NCAA tournament game. And guess what happens in NCAA tournament games? Dalton Connect like performances. How many times do you see mid-majors, low-level, no-name teams who get their way in and they've got a sharpshooter like that? A guy that just comes in, catches fire, and goes ballistic, right? Right. And they normally... They become a household name out of nowhere. Exactly. And they become the team, right? America's sweetheart, the Cinderella, whatever you want to call it. The 13 or 14 seed that goes on a run because they got a guy that just goes insane and plays the best game of his life. So you have to worry about that in every game, 
in the NCAA tournament. And then the, the I guess the the thing you have to focus on is how do you adjust to that mid-game? When it starts happening, how do you stop it? How do you slow it down? And to an extent, you can't. When somebody's in that much of a zone, you can only slow it down to an extent. And I said that about Dalton Connect going into the game. I said, look, you're not going to stop him. You may be able to slow it down him hair, but you're not going to stop Dalton Connect. But there's also going to be guys that do that to you now that it's March. We can't say coming up in March, guess what, Uncle T-Bone, it is March. That's right. And Auburn has to find a way to adjust to those in-game and it's those in-game adjustments that win and lose games in this month of the year. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon here it's going to be win or go home. And that's the mentality that we're preaching. And I think uh, Bruce Pearl and his, and his staff is preaching to his team. Any team right now that's really serious about trying to make a run is, is putting into their players' mindset, it's tournament time every single game. And I liked what Auburn did defensively for most of that game until Connect went crazy. And like you said, there was probably no stopping it. I mean, you could have probably got John Wooden out there and he wouldn't have stopped Dalton Connect the other night. You know, Auburn did a great job of harassing Sakai Ziegler for most of the game. Who still got his, yeah. He still got 17. But that first half, he played terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, outside of uh, Jonas Adu. Uh, it was basically the connect show 33 minutes two rebounds zero assist and 39 points that's basically saying give me the ball get out of the way and that's what won then the game on Wednesday night that game was in Knoxville lucky for this caller though the game this weekend is in Auburn it's K-Bag joining us on the phone lines what's up K-Bag I know you're on the plane somewhere Oh, good afternoon, fellas. Actually heading north up there to uh, to Huntsville, to North Alabama. It's going to be good, good, uh, good weekend ahead of us. Okay, okay. Well, hey, I, I if if there's anywhere you got to be other than the plains, I guess Huntsville's not too bad. No, it's not. It works out pretty well. You know, you said it right when you said that that um, you know that what can you do when that starts happening when somebody like Connect takes over? Well, Dandy Don and his misfits sure tried to stop him. <laughs> Boy, they picked up that whistle, and they just couldn't do anything but blow it. Until the last six minutes of the game, and then they decided they were going to swallow it and throw it outside in the parking lot. Well, you know, that's about Dandy Don's speed. He's about as inconsistent as they come, so there you have it. We're talking about Dandy Don Daly, K-Bag's favorite college basketball referee that somehow, some way, just kind of oozes into Auburn games when we don't win. And I thought the refereeing was, I mean, about what it normally is for college basketball until Model. late until <laughs> until late <laughs> in that game, right? When and especially when, uh, golly, when when Jalen Williams fired up a three and got cross body checked behind the arc, and every referee in the southeast swallowed their whistle on that one. And that's well, when we knew. you don't get those calls on the road, Uncle T-Bone. You don't get those calls on but the road. But it was so blatant, that one. So blatant. And, well, uh, you know. You know, I'd like to talk about something else that, that was kind of blatantly idiotic. If you think about Tom Hart, you know, I wish Jimmy Dykes would have chimed in when he said this. 
Well, Tom Hart went down to the most idiotic uh, announcing cliche going into a timeout there in the second half. Uh, he said he made the comment that there was there was no other environment in college basketball like the one tonight in Thompson Bowling Arena. Whoa, Who's now. controlling the media narrative in Knoxville? Is it the ghost of Pat Summit in that building that, that's writing script for ESPN? Mm. It would have been nice for Jimmy to, to chime up and say, you know, if this game was in the jungle, I think it might be a little different story scoring 84 points. You know, even though we turned the ball over, we went on the road, we we, we gave them all they wanted for 12 rounds. Yeah. Yeah, and you got to think, too, you know, Auburn fans have said that all year. Well, if this game X, Y, or Z would have been played, you know, the Alabama game or the Florida game or now the Tennessee game, luckily Auburn fans did get the Alabama game in, in, in Neville Arena, but – you know, think about the Kentucky game. Auburn didn't play a good game against Kentucky, and they lost inside of Neville Arena. But, K-Bag, what you're saying is, and I agree with you, if Auburn played like they did Wednesday night against Tennessee here in Auburn, that would have been a 15-point win for the Tigers. And if they play like that oh. on neutral floor, Auburn wins by 8 or 10. Oh, no question. You can see it in Coach Pearl's uh, post-game press conference. It was a lot different than what it was against Kentucky. You know, mm-hmm. he's sitting there looking at the uh, at the at the stat sheet and he's just going down through there with his pen, checking off things that, that are wind win indicators. Yeah. And it just didn't happen because like uh, like off T Bone said, they had Larry Bird Jr. on wearing uh, that, that that odd color of orange. I mean he went uh, Reggie Miller guy. against the Knicks. I mean, I mean it, it, it was if Spike Lee would have been in the in the front row there at Summit Arena, he'd have been making the choke uh, marks back towards him. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've seen this year yet by one individual player in college basketball. Fact. I mean, he just well, there was no stopping him, K Bag. None. Well, you know what? If we're gonna have that happen to us, I'd rather it happen to us one of the latter days of February than one of the ones in mid and late March. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that and the possibility of Auburn and Tennessee being in the same quadrant in the NCAA tournament, I don't think are that that great. So, you know, I mean, I think if Auburn plays just about any team in the SEC and in college basketball like they did the other night in in Thompson Bowling Arena, they're going to win the game. The guy was just a complete X factor. I mean, he was... If, and, and let me tell you this, 2K Bag, you've watched a lot of basketball over the years. The teams, it's like football when you got like a Cam Newton at quarterback. When you got the best player on the court and all things are equal, that's the type of person like Danny Manning who can take you to a national championship. Totally agree. Totally agree. And Auburn doesn't have that player on their team. But the best thing that I think that they do. Point. Now, I, I'm with you on that, but I think that they do per the matchup. If there's favorable matchups for Auburn, I think Jani Brute. fit the criteria, Uncle T. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to take them as they come. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of luck for Auburn. But Jani Broom is, is quickly establishing himself in the second half of games as somebody who wants the ball. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, he's probably one of the most dominant post-presidents presences that we've had at Auburn in at least a golly I could tell you in a decade yeah maybe yes, going I mean, back to th- Pat Big Daddy Burke <laughs> <laughs> we're back when we had Mamadou that might have been the last dominant presence that we had in the paint Mamadou mm. 
Very but, well could uh, be. There's been some, but yeah, Janiyah, he and he's growing and getting better as he goes, which is something really, really important. But I tell you what, I'm glad he came back to school because he's really learned to develop that game towards where the NBA is going and stretching that that big out. But you know, he got showed up a little bit last night by you know a little bit more athletic uh, guy. But heck, hands hats off to hats off Tennessee boys. Y'all yep. be good. Thanks so much, K Bad. Great to hear from you, man. 334-321-1390. Phone lines are open all show long on this free for all Friday. Still getting your thoughts as we are a couple of days removed from uh, the Auburn and Tennessee game, but we're quickly switching gears into what's coming up this weekend. Auburn and Mississippi State. Other big games around the conference and around the country. The biggest one probably of the year is Tennessee at Alabama, a game for the SEC regular season championship up for grabs in, in Tuscaloosa coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more here on the Friday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7 for the free-for-all Friday edition of On the Line. We appreciate K-Bag calling in, and uh, I can't believe he's not on the planes this weekend, man. I figured he would be somewhere, somewhere can maybe called off of work a little bit early and called it a day, and hopefully that's what a lot of our people are doing. Call, like you always say, man, tell the boss you're heading home. It's get, over. Yeah, get home, get out of the weather, kick off your shoes, put on your PJs, and just call it a day. Call it a weekend. Just shut it down like Peter Gibbons from that movie Office Space. And there you go. out of here and just walk out and turn on your radio and listen to us on the way home. So safe travels to you, K-Bag. He mentioned real quick the media, and I've been alluding to this for quite some time this season. That Uh-oh. just seems to me that uh, Tennessee has just been getting way, way too much love in the media despite their record. But – I think Wednesday night proved why, boy, they were just, I mean, Dalton Connect going crazy, but they were just all about some uh, Dalton Connect Wednesday night. I mean, it, you know, Janai Broom, in between all that hype for Connect, had one heck of a basketball game for Auburn. 33 minutes, nine boards, five assists, and 23 points. Um, Tennessee really didn't have much of an answer for him inside. I mean, his play was aggressive. His defense was aggressive. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. I think he is the type player that Auburn can jump on his back in the NCAA tournament, especially if they get some favorable matchups. Uh, the only thing that I saw out of Auburn that I wanted to – well, there were a couple of things real quick before we put a bow on this game. Uh, I am a little concerned about some of the passing in play, Jacob. Uh, there's okay. a, it's, it's a little sloppy. Some of these behind-the-back passes that they were trying to force, there's no need for it. Which, let me say one thing. That was a clean pass. Janai Brunus wasn't ready for it. Right. That hit right off the hands, but I get what you're saying. There's no need to go for that type of pass in a game like this no, against not, Tennessee. Not in a game, because this is a preview to a Sweet 16 Elite Eight game for Auburn. Absolutely. Maybe even a, a round of 32 game. And you cannot be sloppy in those games. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn the ball over. And speaking of not turning the ball over, although Auburn did a really good job on Tennessee's point guard defensively in that first half, you know, he had a he had a much better second half when he made that three right before the second half, before the first half ended. I think that kind of got him going. He had a bevy of assists in this game, but he was just throwing the ball to Dalton Connect. So, look, I would have got at least five assists in that game doing that, right? I'd have got like ten because I'd have just been throwing it to him over and over again. Yeah. 
But uh, our guard play, our point guard play, was a little non-existence for my liking in that big time of a game. And what do I say about guard play in the NCAA tournament? It's a must-have. Despite the fact that we can get on Janai Brooms back and Jalen Williams back, if they both get going in the NCAA tournament, if you don't have good guard play, you're not going to go very far in the tournament. I don't care what anybody says. Trey Donaldson plays 17 minutes, one rebound, three assists, no points. No points. And Aiden Holloway, who had a heck of a game at Georgia, and welcome back Cotter to college basketball, goes for 21 minutes, zero rebounds, two assists, and only five points. You're going to have to have a little bit more from your point guard position for Auburn to move forward. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I am. And, and I think Auburn, again, it comes back to the inconsistency, right? It comes back to what are you going to get? And in that particular instance, yeah, your point guard play, it has to improve. It has to be better. I'm not saying they've got to go out and drop 40, but you have to have those guards like a Dalton Connect, like a Zakai Ziegler, like we've seen a Rob Dillingham that can mm-hmm. go and get a bucket, that can go and at least try to get a bucket. And it Mark at times, Sears. yeah, exactly. Those types of players that make a difference in this month of March. And Auburn sometimes has them. And Auburn sometimes doesn't. And and that's, I don't know, can that be established here in the same month? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm a believer that you can't, but I hope I hope Auburn can prove me wrong. Since today is March 1, we have an updated bracketology from Joe Lenardi at ESPN. Okay. And you look at the bubble right now, and a couple of those teams we've talked about out of the SEC, they've fallen back. Two teams that you have said should not be in the NCAA tournament not the last four in, not the first four out. How about the next four out? Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I don't know which one of those teams deserves to be more out. More out. I mean, Love because it. neither one of them are close to being in in Uncle T-Bone's bracket. We need to get an updated HUD, HUD matrix. Yeah, too. where's that from, been? Where's our man been, Jack Attack? Come on now. Send it in to us. I'm not on Twitter for Lent, so someone else is going to have to check that. That's a good. That's a good thing to give up. I might be permanent. So um, anyway, they, these teams need to be out. Uh, Ole Miss, man, you know you had a golden opportunity, and I feel like a broken record saying this. This is it. This is do or die time. It certainly was do or die time for Ole Miss Wednesday night, just blowing Alabama out Mm -hmm. and just let them come storming back and take their manhood on their home court. They're done unless they win the tournament. A&M, I think, is a better team, a better coach team than Ole Miss. I think they got better players. They got Wade Taylor IV, who's magnificent. So I could actually see them making a run from here on out. They might have a little bit better case, ultimately, in my opinion, how it all plays out for the bubble. But those teams probably – probably fighting for the NIT at this point yeah smells like possibly another situation where A&M catches fire in the conference tournament gets all the way to the championship game and then gets kicked out right there at the end of the NCAA tournament who knows what's going to happen with that and even with those two teams out according to Joe Lenardi the SEC still has seven teams in the NCAA tournament only behind the Big 12 with nine which is ridiculous when you think about it but you start looking around You've got Tennessee as a two seed. I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the country right now. Would you take North Carolina over Tennessee in a in a neutral site game? Yes. Okay. 
Yes, I would. And I have a take about Tennessee that I want to give, whether it be this segment or later in the show, and maybe later in the in, in the week or weekend. Would you take UConn? Yeah. Houston? Yes. Purdue? Yes. I would not. Really? No, I think Tennessee blew Purdue off the court. I don't think Tennessee can hang with Zach Eady. They don't have an answer for him. Yeah. There's Purdue's a lot of got teams enough guard know. play, but Zach Eady is a is a force. Now, there are a few teams that have figured it out, and if you mm-hmm. can, then yeah, you're going to beat Purdue, but... Now I'm not taking Purdue to go very far because they've got the they've got the two of barbecue syndrome like you like to say. I mean they, they they're do. gonna win a game or two yeah. and they're done. I think they're a little overrated. I think they are too. Yeah. I'm with you on that. You have Mississippi State in the tournament. Uh you have Agreed. You like yeah, I like that. Kentucky is a four seed right now. Uh agreed. Yeah. Auburn as a four seed. I agree with that. South Carolina a six seed. It's a little boy, I'm gonna have to see a little more. Yeah, I mean I guess so. Alabama's a three seed. You know, Alabama's a dangerous team. Yeah. I mean, they can just put up a pile of points really quickly, too. Mm-hmm. And they can flip the script. We've seen this against Georgia, where Georgia was kicking their butt early in the first half, did it Wednesday night against Ole Miss, and all of a sudden they win by like 15. Yeah. We'll have more basketball talk for you as we go through the show, but we'll have some Hugh Freeze audio, his presser from yesterday when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. With Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone with you on ESPN 106.7. We're going to have the Hugh Freeze, uh, some of the press conference. He went on for about 30, 35 minutes yesterday, so we won't have time to carry all of it, but there's some good stuff in there, so I want you to hear that. But before we do that, we're going to get to Terry on the phone lines. Terry, what's up, man? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jacob. t how y'all doing? Doing good, man. What's up? Fantastic. Uh, before you get to that, I want to comment a little bit. You know, I, the topic was today was, do you think do you think Thorne will be the quarterback at Auburn next year? Mm-hmm. And I think he will get the first chance. And he, Hugh Freeze does say in the press presser that he it is his job to lose. Right. But I, I, I think the, the, the ultimate question is this. They've put the pieces around him now to be more successful. So if he's not successful, in today's society we live in, those guys could be a different uniform next year. Uh, yeah, that's 100% right. And that's a – I guarantee that is a – I don't know if I want to say a fear, but something that Hugh Freeze and the staff are thinking of, sure. And that's how you have to you have to adjust the way that you coach nowadays to accommodate for that. Whether that's fair or not, I, I don't know. That's for other people to decide, I guess. But – that's how you have to coach, and that's how you have to to treat your program because, yeah, if you don't use a player the way he wants to be used and as much as he wants to be used, I mean, yeah, he could absolutely leave you and send you in the dust. Oh, absolutely. You, you, can, you can guarantee this. There'll be a list of schools as long as the earth to get Coleman or Thompson mm-hmm. if, they don't, if they're not happy with what goes on next year. Yeah, and I think at the same time, too, when it comes to Peyton Thorne, this is going to be the best receiver group he's ever thrown to in his college career. So if he can't make it happen now, then I think you have to start really questioning him and not the receiver core or not the you know the, the offensive line or the coaching or play calling, right? That's going to be different this year, too. So, so many things are changing where if the quarterback spot doesn't get better with the same guy, then yeah, I think you got to consider making a change. And I really believe that, that, that there's a strong possibility that Holden Gurner's not there after the spring. Hmm. I think he sees the writing on the wall based on what I heard in the press conference already. 
that, that he has a lot of faith in Walker White, and we know how Hank Brown looked in the bowl game. Yeah. I just got a feeling that the, that the A's are numbered for Holden Garner. Well, and, and the, number, the, the people are there to make Peyton Thorne better, and that, that he has no excuses anymore. So if everybody in the offense gets better next year and he doesn't, guess what? His days at Auburn are numbered. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that will be considered, and it very well could happen in a quarterback room that has become crowded in a weird way. I mean, I know there's no go-to number one, like everybody wants him guy right now because everybody has an argument for a different one. But, yeah, it is becoming a little bit more crowded. And, hey, that's a good problem to have. Right, and last thing, Jacob, T-Bone. Uh, I, I thought he talked about Walker White with such a, with such with such confidence. He's the guy, he knows if he can get two more recruiting classes behind him, he's the guy that'll be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. He's got runs a four five forty. He he made a comment about the strongest arm in the camp, no doubt about it. He's what, six two, two twenty five or so. Uh it just seemed to me like he like he was more glowing and more confident about him than anybody in that room. Well, he was also making friends with all the recruits and, and one of the biggest yeah. recruiters for Auburn with all of the well, a lot of these guys that are here right now and right. gonna be here in the summer. Right. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it calling in. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Want to play you some of the press conference. Can't play it all. Don't want to play it all. We'll get you about the first uh, third or so here on the Friday edition of On the Line. The opening press conference from head football coach Hugh Freeze opening up spring practice for Auburn football. When I tell you all that worked before the show, I'm not even lying. It worked 10 minutes ago. Whatever. That's okay. That's all right. We'll have a segment. (laughs) Technology's not my friend sometimes. I'm telling you what. Well, I'll just kind of tell you what he said. A lot of you have heard it already. And and look, a lot of you have um, either heard it or read about it. And kind of to what Terry was saying right there. And phone lines are open. Give me a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Kind of to what Terry was saying and some of the things that stood out to me uh, from what Hugh Freeze had to say. He said that, you know, the, the things that stood out to me were the focus to detail, attention to detail, talking about the, you know, the cleanliness of the lockers and the approach to practice already. I mean, we're three days in, but just already he's seeing that a different approach to Auburn football and the players and the practices and, and just the little things that Free said didn't really happen all that much last year. And, you know, that that concerns me and, and maybe not concerns me. I think it gives me a little bit more insight on, on what was going on behind the scenes last year. Freeze also was talking about the, the coaches on this staff and the relationships that they have and the things he's already seen from them where we know a year ago when he stepped in, or I guess the last season when he stepped in a year and a few months ago, he had to piece together whatever he could. Whatever he could. He pulled in anybody that was willing to take the jump and take the risk and move to Auburn and become a, and, and become a part of the coaching staff here. And... Look, you're seeing that right now in Tuscaloosa. You see it everywhere when a new coach is hired. That's how it works. That's how it goes down. But you can also see why that's not a sustainable process. That's not a recipe for success when it comes to SEC football. You've got to go get the guys that are going to win games for you. That means players and coaches. And Auburn didn't have that last year. 
They didn't have very many of those on either side, on coaches or players. And I'm thinking and I'm hoping, and I know that you're hoping too, that Auburn does have that now. And the way Hugh Freeze talked, it sounds like he's confident. He's happy with what he's got so far. He knows they're not still not where they need to be. But he is happy with, with what he has brought in and what he's done so far. And there's a lot to be answered. There's a lot to still be said and learned and seen from this Auburn team throughout the spring. And as Terry brought up and as a lot of people have brought up, whether it be on the show, social media, wherever, everybody's worried about the quarterback spot. And Hugh Free said there is a true battle. It is Peyton Thorne's job to lose. But they're also going to use a, a metric grading system to evaluate quarterbacks and work them through the quarterback, uh, I guess the quarterback competition. They're going to use the grading system. They're going to use numbers. They're going to use cold, hard facts to decide who the starting quarterback is going to be. And you guys know me, all my listeners, you know. I like the numbers. I like the stats. But I am an eye test guy. I'm an eye test guy to an extent. Because, believe it or not, you do have to name a starting quarterback before you play your first game. And you don't fully know what he's going to do in this year in this particular season in live game action you can only play your own defense for so long you hear that in basketball a lot you heard Bruce Pearl talking about that at the beginning of the year which is crazy to think how how long ago that was saying look we've got to play somebody else we're tired of playing each other give us somebody else And I think Hugh Freeze and the staff are going to say the same thing about football when it comes to the quarterback spot. You can only throw uh, against the same defenders and against the same defensive scheme for so many days because you're going to do it all spring, you're going to work out all summer, and you're going to throw against them all fall. And you just never know what you're going to see in a real live game. Now, good news is, you have seen what Peyton Thorne can do in a live game. It was very streaky. It was very up and down. And the end of the year was not all that great. But all those factors that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, new flashy, sexy receivers, right? You've got a much improved offensive line, something we've talked a lot about with Daryl Daprich on Tuesdays. You've got a coaching staff that I think is going to actually make the team better. And you've got an offensive-minded head coach that's going to be calling plays. So does all of that make Peyton Thorne good again, great again, better at least? I don't know. Time's going to tell. But that's what Hugh Freeze and the staff are looking for. And if that doesn't happen, with all of those things that have gotten better around him, if he doesn't get better, then it's time to move on. It's time to move on and give somebody else a chance. And you've got guys in the room, ladies and gentlemen, that I think can be a starter on day one that are not named Peyton Thorne. I think Holden Gurner could be a starter. Terry was saying how he's worried about him transferring and maybe others feel the same way. I think Hank Brown showed potential. 
And you have Walker White, who, do you really want to start a true freshman again? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he comes in and wins the job. They said it's Peyton Thorns to lose. So what happens if somebody comes in and takes it from him? I'm fine. Or, here's the crazy thing, it could be somebody that's not even on the roster right now because of the spring portal window. And I think it depends on how this spring goes, whether Auburn goes and gets somebody out of there or not. I haven't decided whether I think they're going to or not. I really do think it depends, and as it should, it'll depend on what happens on the field. What happens in practice this spring? Who's putting in the time? Who's putting in the effort? Who's in the weight room? Who's out throwing at 9 o'clock at night? Who's in there at 6.30 in the morning eating breakfast and watching film and running through plays and asking questions? Those are the guys that win. And you're going to find that out in spring. You're going to find that out in summer. And so with this quarterback competition, the quarterback battle, this is a good problem. It's a good problem to have. Last year, we, we had one in quotations, but everybody knew it was Peyton Thorne. Everybody knew he was going to be the guy. And then now you fast forward to this year where, yeah, you've got a Cam Coleman. A Perry Thompson's going to be here. I think you're going to have a legitimate rotation at the offensive line spots. You've still got a stacked running back room. And most importantly, you've got Hugh Freeze calling plays. Everything is set up for either Peyton Thorne to get better and be the man like we thought he was going to be, like Hugh Freeze thought he was going to be, like the guy that Auburn took a chance on, or it's going to be somebody else. And surely, right, you would think, That out of the four guys in the room right now that have a legitimate chance, plus anybody else they could find in the transfer portal, you would like to think they could find somebody that's good enough to play. You would like to think that, wouldn't you? And we've been up and we've played this game before. We've danced this dance to this song before where we think we have somebody. Auburn thinks they found their guy and it turns out not to be the case. Sure, Auburn's found diamonds in the rough, too. There's no doubt about that. But a question mark at the quarterback spot in March is not a bad thing. I feel like a lot of people are concerned with that. They're worried about it. And understandably so. But it's okay. There's still so many moving parts. Some of the big-name guys aren't even here yet. And not knowing who the quarterback is on the 1st of March... It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Now, there very well may be a chance we get into the second or third week of August and we don't know. And that's okay, too. We'll deal with that when we get there. But there's other positions to be worried about here, too. And I've told you how important year two is for Hugh Freeze and this Auburn team and this Auburn program. I've told you how important that is. Now is the time to take advantage and to pounce. And if you do that, Auburn could set themselves up to be very, very successful for a long, long time. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up hour number one when we come back. Phone lines are open. Give me a call. 334-321-1390. Uncle T-Bone and I'll wrap it up after this. 
are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We appreciate you all being here on this Friday afternoon, whether you're here all show long, hour one, coming up in hour number two, whatever the case may be, we appreciate you being with us. And yeah, just got on a, a little conversation there, a little topic about Auburn football getting going in the spring with with the quarterback battle. And something I did not bring back up that Terry talked about was the era of college football and college sports, really, where you bring in top player X, Y, and Z, and you better play them, and you better use them for what they want to be used for because – if you don't, Uncle T-Bone, mm-hmm. they're going to leave. They're going to leave your program because, like Terry said, they're going to have a list of 20 to 25 schools that are going to be on them the day the season ends, the day that they would enter the portal, and they're going to leave if you don't use them the way they want you to use them. And that's a hard thing to deal with as a head coach because you're trying to win. You're trying to play your guys in the spots they're supposed to play that you think is best for the team, and yet you've got to place these certain guys in a certain way or you're going to lose them all together. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's not just when they uh, hit the portal in today's college football world. I think it's blatantly obvious that um, I'm not going to say that coaches or the staff that manages that within athletic programs in football specifically are in contact with opposing players during the season – but they may be in contact with opposing players' circle of trust, their parents or their uncle or whomever is helping them kind of manage their college career now. And there's, you know, in the past we used to joke about uh, on the recruiting trail that several of these players kind of had a posse, and you kind of had to recruit the posse as well or the, or the so-called <clears throat> uncle, right, not Uncle T. And, uh, you know, in, but in today's world there's actually – got to be a more support staff for the individual player because they're having to manage, in some cases, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's tricky. It's different. It's a, it's a new age. It's a new world. And the programs that have the coaches that are willing to adapt to it and manage it to the best of their ability, and you're not going to be able to control it. That's, I think, what's most frustrating to coaches, specifically like a Nick Saban on why he ultimately left is he just can't control it. He can't even control hardly his own program anymore. His soldiers in his army. You know, they're they're mercenaries now. Mm-hmm. So the, the the programs that come up with the best way to communicate the support for the individual player and adapt to it are the ones that are going to be more successful moving forward than just the old school and maybe even the programs with the best coaches. Yeah, well, I've told you the reason is the coaches don't have the power anymore. They don't hold the power. They don't hold the cards. It's in the hands of the player. And when you really sit back and think about that, that's scary, man. That's really scary to to say, look, and look, there is a there's a branch of the argument where you could say, well, they should they should hold the decision making in their own future and their own destiny. Absolutely. That's why the transfer portal is a thing. But for an 18-year-old to walk into a multi-million dollar 
organization like a college football program in the SEC and basically have them in the palm of their hand and say, yeah, look at me. I'm the captain now. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's wrong in my opinion. There's got to be some form of a balance. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I don't know. I think there's more of a natural balance than we give it credit for. I don't think it's just completely players have full-blown hijacked programs yet. But uh, what is that? Is that Captain Phillips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the captain now. Such a great movie. That's an awesome movie. But uh, you know, I, I just, I mean, it's different. And uh, look, over time, life changes. People that are most successful with it manage it to the best of their ability and make the most of it by doing so and adapt. And it's adapt or die right now in college football. It's going to be the Wild West for a few more years, I predict. And then it's all going to get straightened out when the new league comes into fold. Yeah. And look, I don't think that it's – I don't think it's a player walks in and, and legitimately says, hey, this is my program. You're going to do it my way or I'm leaving. But I think it's indirectly. I think it's, hey, here I am. Let's use me right because I'm getting a lot of lot of attention elsewhere. Let's just make sure I'm happy, okay, coach? Right? Maybe the dad steps in, a parent, grandparent, whoever's like, make sure you're treating my boy right now. You know, that's what I—that's the indirect stuff that I'll I tell think you happens. This, the the people that do that one too many times are going to be the folks that blow their chance at being somebody not only in life but in college life and in athletics. I like that. I like that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Big announcement coming up in hour number two, Boom. and a lot of basketball talk on the Friday edition of On the Line. is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. Thank goodness for that. It is Friday, March 1st, 2024. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, and we are into hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, you can catch up with the podcast. You can find it at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. And, um, Look, lots of basketball talk in the first hour, some good football talk in the first hour as well, but we're going to have a lot more basketball talk here in hour number two. We'll get some baseball conversation as well, but it is March 1st. It is the month of basketball, Uncle T-Bone. The tournament is this month. SEC tournament is this month. March Madness is coming up, and... We are excited for that. I know you are. I know our listeners are. I know the fans of college basketball are. And for our listeners, for the listeners on ESPN 106.7, we have got 
something super special coming up for when the NCAA tournament tips off coming up in the middle of the month. Tell them what we've got going on. Big news, folks. Join us with On the Line, followed by The Drive for a live remote 2-6, to six, Thursday, March 21st, to tip off the tourney at the Plaza Bar and Lounge. Home of the Warburger, Thirsty Thursdays at the Plaza Bar have never been more exciting than March 21st with the first day of March Madness. Along with Jacob, Uncle T, Bill, and Dan, the Plaza, along with all the tourney games, will offer beer bucket specials, $1 wings, and much more. Doors open at 11 a.m. March 21st with ESPN 106.7, live 2 to 6, in the shack on the party patio from the Plaza Bar in Midtown, your home, Auburn Opelika, for March Madness. How about that? How about that? Super excited to announce that. We've been sitting on that for a while. That's right. Uh, so we're going to be the first day, the first official day of the NCAA tournament. We are going to be out at the Plaza Bar and Lounge in Midtown. Uh, go and come out and check us out. Visit us. We're going to have so much. Um, uh, they're going to have drink specials, food specials, any game on any TV. We're going to be out there having a good time. We'll take care of you when you're there. I mean, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun on that Thursday, man. Oh, it's just going to be on. I mean, so make sure, just go ahead and put it in your calendar. If you're old school like me and you've gotten a written calendar too, just mark a big X on that March 21st. I'm not saying call in sick. Mm, but maybe, maybe around 11 not, you want to knock off at lunch <laughs> and you want to get down to the plaza bar that's in midtown the plaza bar and lounge i mean we're going to be out on the patio in the new new segment bar they have there called the shack i've seen it jacob it's unreal it is so cool they're gonna have every game on beer buckets one dollar wings basketball madness we're gonna have the uh 106.7 espn tiananmen on wheels rolling down there just going crazy we're gonna be giving away swag it's just gonna be a ton of fun man. it's gonna be a lot of fun man really excited for that so that's gonna be give them the date again uh that is thursday march uh what's the date on that again uncle tebow march 21st march 21st there you go so that's going to be coming up we'll be reminding you as we go until we get closer to that Um, we'll be getting closer and closer to that so excited to have that going on march 21st the first day of the ncaa tournament but before we get to that we've got big games going on this weekend around college basketball and i think we have to start we'll talk auburn mississippi state but how about a couple of games going on around the sec you have number 24 Florida on the road at number 18 South Carolina. Then you have Arkansas on the road at Kentucky. This game could have been something. It won't be. Kentucky's going to run them out of the building. Yeah, do you think CBS could have waited to maybe put Florida and South Carolina on nationally instead of Arkansas and Kentucky? Yeah. I mean, Arkansas is just in complete disarray. We talked about that uh, Wednesday, but... Yeah, to kick it all off, 11 o'clock on ESPN SEC Network, Florida and South Carolina. I mean, they're playing for seeding right now. Yeah, yeah, they are. And so that's probably the second biggest game of the day in the SEC. Uh, LSU Vanderbilt, snooze. A&M Georgia, snooze. Mississippi and Missouri, snooze. Auburn, Mississippi State, good. No, that's solid basketball right there. That's really, I mean, that's two tournament teams. That's two tournament teams going after it. No question. Inside of Neville Arena tomorrow afternoon. And then the big one. I did not realize it was this late tomorrow night. Number four, Tennessee, 
on the road at number 14 Alabama 7 o'clock on ESPN Kane College game day is going to be there for the first time you've got a top 15 matchup going on in Tuscaloosa this game Uncle T-Bone this is it this is for the SEC tomorrow night I think the winner gets it the winner will not officially claim it yet we've still got two more games after tomorrow but they're going to be in the driver's seat to have the SEC regular season title yeah uh been in Tuscaloosa several times in my life. Know plenty of Alabama people. That, that they are already getting ready for that game. Uh, probably started last night getting ready for that game. The hype around that uh, Coleman Coliseum will be on fire. Tennessee's walking into a buzzsaw. Can Dalton connect? You know, go two for two and answer the bell again like he did against Auburn on the road. I mean, I think he's that good enough of a player. No doubt about it, but. I would not be shocked at all if Alabama doesn't have something for Tennessee tomorrow night. You think they win? Oh, I think they can win that game too. I'm trying to scroll down right now and see if any of the odds have come out yet on scoresandodds.com. I'm I'm going to see this line. Let me take a guess. Tennessee on the road at Bama. I'm going to say, oh, goodness. I'm going to say Bama minus five and a half. Yeah, uh, that is number 771. 772 on the official Nevada rotation. There is no line yet at scoresandodds.com. So I haven't seen I see anything that. either. How would you yeah. – I mean, if you had to take a stab at it, what Alabama's would you say? Alabama's favored in this game. I would I'd have at home by about two or three. With the way they've played, they've got to be, I would think. Yeah. They would have to be favored. Now, Tennessee coming off one of their better wins of the year, but still, I mean, the way that Alabama has played at home has got to be – I mean, you've got to make them – Make them a favorite, and hey, I just got a text. Bama, according to CBS, Bama favored by two and a half. I mean, you know, it's hard. To, it'd be hard not to take the tide in that situation. I understand, you know, the the guy who has the head injury may be back tomorrow. They still haven't quite said. Uh, still interested to see how he hurt his head uh, and has been out for a couple of games. It must have been a pretty nasty concussion. Uh, you know, look, Auburn put up a bevy of points against Tennessee the other night mm-hmm. right? good and I said this yesterday good enough to win good enough, enough points to win, to win. In almost any college basketball game Alabama's leading the nation in scoring I mean they're what, coming off another 100 point performance another one you know and they score a lot of points late mm-hmm. you know these games you know that they win big they go on big runs man they just go on these ridiculous runs and in it's the like second half. it's like that i mean just yeah. at the snap of your fingers within a minute they've gone on a 10 11 nothing run and and that's why 10 10 point leads against alabama are not safe and that's a scary feeling that's a gut-wrenching feeling against any team not just alabama but a team like that where you've got to you're up by 10 you should feel good about yourself you still got to play and beat them but with alabama a 10-point lead could be gone in a minute. Yeah, I mean, they're not infallible, though. You know, No, they, they've already, but their offense is that good. And they do that against teams that oftentimes, like Ole Miss and LSU, they've done it two twice. Mm-hmm. You know, Mississippi State's probably one of the better teams that they've gotten one of those big runs on right at home, just in South Carolina. So, you know, look, they, these two have already gone at it one time up in Knoxville, and Tennessee destroyed them. So, you know, how does that play into this game? Uh, I'll say this too. Just got a tweet from Steven in Texas, loyal listener to the show. Says Bama minus two and a half over under one sixty seven and a half. Yeah, I mean that's I, some points. 
That's some points now. I'm not giving out any more picks uh, until Andy calls and tells me I can. So. <laughs> well, hey, we got a phone call. You keep talking. Let, well, actually, <laughs> let's just throw it to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hey, it's Mark. Hey, Mark. What's going on, man? Hey, I, I was going to say the same thing about the 167 and a half. I would take over before I'd even think about going under on that game. Yeah, well, hey, you know what they say in, in the uh, entertainment business, life's too short to go with the under, so. You are so right. That's the only bet that you don't never have won. There you go. Until the game is over. <laughs> at, least going over at least going over, you can relax sometimes before the game is over. I had an uncle that always would always say, if you bet the over, you're never out of it until the clock hits zero, so. That's right. Your overtime is your friend. That's right. You're right about that. What do you What do you think about that Alabama Tennessee uh, game tomorrow? I tell you, uh, Alabama can get on a run, but just not having any defense at all. I mean, Tennessee's got the length and they've got the speed to play with Alabama. It's just you know you get in Coleman Coliseum or Coleman Dungeon or whatever that place is called this week, <laughs> and funny things happen with calls if you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Uh, and I'm not going to say anything about officials because I do not believe they affect the game. I mean, you know, but they do. And uh, I'm <laughs> not saying anything, but saying. Right. That's exactly right. I'm going with Tennessee. I think Tennessee. Wow. Uh, I just think their defense is going to make the difference. I think they can get enough stops. You know, I think they're probably going to have to beat them like 98, 96 or something. But I still think uh, I think they can beat. Alabama on the road. Heck, mm. Auburn should have beat them up there. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, Mark. Absolutely. And uh, the other thing, and I'm not going to criticize any of your guests that you have on, but does the guy on Thursday, does he even pay attention to the SEC? He was talking yesterday about Jalen Williams expected back. Did he not know that Jalen Williams played against Tennessee? Uh, yeah. And then, and then he was talking about the schedule. But, you know, Auburn's tough. Auburn's probably got the easiest one in the way, on the way out out of all the top six teams. Who you are we know, talking about, Jake? Uh, are you, I, guess you're, yeah, I guess you're talking yeah, about Chris from yesterday. Well, do you disagree with Auburn yeah. having an easy schedule down the stretch? Like, as of right now? No, I thought he said they had a hard schedule on the way down. Oh, I don't think so. Okay, well, I may have misunderstood that yeah. point. But I just, I just know sometimes, and he did the same thing a couple of times in football season, and it just sort of made me wonder, does he, you know, he's like a day late and a dollar short sometimes. Wow. But, uh, you know, and I'm not criticizing because no, I enjoy I listening to him. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, he, uh, he covers the SEC. He does a daily, I mean, a daily show about it, and he knows that's a lot of things to cover. And, and look, you know, sometimes you misspeak. That happens. Yeah, it happens. Anyway. But uh, about Auburn and Mississippi State yeah. are, that's that's a must win. Because Auburn can finish anywhere from second to sixth in the league, I believe. I don't think they're going to drop any further than sixth. But, yeah. you know, with the way teams are matched up and having to play each other, they need to get in the top four. They uh, don't need to have to play in the No, I'm with you game. on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think it also uh, will affect uh, ultimate seeding in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, look, I mean, you know, Auburn's squarely in the NCAA tournament. That's, that's the you know, maybe the number one goal for me as a fan every year for this program and basketball. But I think I will be a little disappointed if Auburn doesn't take care of business in these last three. Yeah, that's 
what I was saying. Three and oh, they've got to finish thirteen and five. It, you want to build some momentum going into these conference right, exactly championships. What I was say. That's exactly what I was about to say. And even more so the NCAA and uh, one other thing, did you see Lenardi's update today? Y'all may have already talked about it. Yeah, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Didn't d- do a, uh, a deep dive into it, but saw Auburn as a four seed, Bama's a three seed, and the SEC's got seven current teams in right now, as of today. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, out of the number one seed, I wouldn't mind being in with Purdue, but the thing I was looking at is who is the number two seed. You know, which – you would rather be there, although as a four, you would be playing the number one in the Sweet 16, assuming you got that far. Right. But, you know, I, I just think you would be better off there than you would, say, getting mixed up with a couple of others that I don't like. I think, and I may, I haven't seen enough of Purdue to know, you know, I know they've got probably one of the players of the year, but that would be interesting seeing Janai Broom going against that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you anyway, on that. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Mark. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, look, uh, I don't have Lenardi pulled up. I've got Jerry Palm pulled up, which was I got a, I got Lenardi pulled up. Okay, which Palm has us uh, in the bracket with UConn four seed playing Louisiana Tech in the first game. So hmm. okay. be they finally got us away from Appalachian State. Who does Lenardi have? Yeah, it's Louisiana Tech right now uh, as the 13 seed is the automatic qualifier, and then uh, above that, Richmond is the 12 seed. Clemson is the five seed. Uh, that's also the that's the bracket with Purdue, like Mark was saying. The two seed is Marquette. Ooh, that's a good Marquette team, man. And, and look, Marquette's that program. You just don't want to see them in March, man. You don't want to see them in the NCAA tournament. They're too good. I know they got blasted by UConn a while back, but that's still a really good team. And, and Auburn wouldn't see them until uh, until the Elite Eight. Um, that's also a Kansas is in there as the three seed. I mean, talk about some teams. Purdue, Marquette, Kansas, and Auburn. That's the top four seeds in that bracket. That's got to be the toughest one as of right I now. You know, Jacob, I think you could take the top 16 teams in this tourney. Really, I think you could probably take the AP top 20 and just put them all in a hat and on a neutral court, any of those teams could beat the other one. Well, look around college basketball. That's pretty much been how it's played out. It's hard for me to say, well, I'd rather get Purdue or UConn or Houston or North Carolina in my bracket until I do a little bit deeper dive and see how we might match up against those teams. You said it right there. It's all about the matchups. People don't, people forget that part. It's not about my players better than yours. It's about how do we stack up against you and of course who's hot i mean almost all of these records look identical once you get past the top three teams it's like everybody in the top 16 is either 22 and 6 or 21 and 7 it Mm -hmm. seems like so i mean there's a lot of parity there's a lot of really good basketball teams this is what is telling me and when you come out to the plaza bar on march 21st on that thursday for you're going to see a bunch of wild basketball i predict that this is going to be maybe one of the greatest madnesses of all march wow yeah i mean there's just so many teams to me that are similar yeah that are on top you know and there's a couple of teams that got these go-to guys like i mentioned it earlier like he's always famous he gets danny manning back in 1988 putting kansas on his back and taking them to a national title and was the guy and all that stuff but most of these teams are, are they all have several good players. They don't all have a Dalton Connect. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there's going to be a couple of guys that come out of nowhere, like you said, from uh, lower mid-level teams, and you're like, man, this guy's awesome. That's my man, right? Jim Stevens from from Montana State. Everybody <laughs> loves him now. He can hit it from anywhere on the court. But really and truly, that just guy who's just way, way, way above everybody else connects one of the rare ones this year, I think. All these teams are just really, really good. My hot take about Tennessee? Late on me. Mm. Am I ready to say it right now? I don't know, because then they'll come out and they'll just blow Alabama out of the water. I'll say it anyway. My hot take about Tennessee, they don't make it past the Sweet 16. Which, I mean, in this tournament, does that say a whole lot? I don't know. They are a two-seed right now. I think there's a chance they don't make it to to the Sweet 16 because of just how crazy it is. And if Dalton Connect doesn't go off... Where does Tennessee go? They had no answer without him on Wednesday night against Auburn. No. And right now they'd be playing Fairfield round one, either Texas Tech or Nevada round two. I think Mm. they can beat any of those teams. Texas Tech's kind of not playing as well as they were earlier. They're also on a crash course with our Dayton Flyers. They're they're going down. (laughs) Confirmation. Lock it down. 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through to us. We're talking college basketball. Come on in and join us on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's talk some more college basketball here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We've been looking into the bracketology. We've been kind of looking around at what's been going on and what's coming up in college basketball. And as we look around the conference, look around the country, I mean, we're getting down to it, Uncle T-Bone, where it's make or break time. You've got the teams that are in are in. The teams that are Mm -hmm. out are pretty much out. But there's those few teams on the bubble right now. And you look at some of those SEC has seen themselves fall out of it, but hey, your FAU Owls are a last four by. They better hang on. Yeah, they're not quite as powerful as they were earlier in the year. And, of course, last year, they've uh, they've fallen off as the season's gone on. But I'm a big Dusty May fan. I think he's a heck of a good coach. And uh, he gets in that tournament with some tournament success like he had last year. I think he'll manage them a little bit better than he's managed the second half of this season. You also look at teams like Wake Forest and Virginia are last four buys. Your last four in New Mexico, Seton Hall, Providence, so two Big East teams, Mm -hmm. and Gonzaga. Isn't that kind of weird to see? Gonzaga sitting right there on one of yeah. the last four teams to make it into the tournament. Can someone that explain that one to me? Uh, 23-6 and six with a win at Kentucky in Rupp Arena, and that wasn't like to start the year. That was just like a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with a net ranking of 19, according to Jerry Palm over here at CBSSports.com, I'll take Gonzaga in the tournament right now. Well, you know why? Because they don't play in a real conference. They don't play anybody. Yeah, but they got plenty of credibility by this point. It's not like it's, uh, you know, South Florida who's fighting for their lives still to get in as well and playing really good basketball. Gonzaga's been a tournament mainstay now for years, Jacob. I don't care. And if anybody that knows me knows the, the feeling I have for Gonzaga, which I've said, and I still stand by this, until they move to a real conference, they will never, never win a national championship because 
they don't play anybody. Yes, they went on the road and beat Kentucky. That was phenomenal. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest wins. Uh, that's the biggest win of the year for them and one of the biggest wins of the season overall. But they've got losses this year against Washington, San Diego State, Santa Clara, and then St. Mary's, who isn't what they normally are. That's a, I mean, St. Mary's is good. Oh, yeah. But they're not what they normally are. But that conference is a joke, man. The conference is bad. And Gonzaga, you see it every year. They've had difference makers over the years, and they've gotten pretty deep in the tournament. But they've yet to win it all, which is tough to do, yes. But until they play legitimate competition week in and week out, they're not going to be battle-tested enough, I think, Uncle Tebow. Here's a couple of teams that I'm already trying to circle as possible upset alerters. Even before we get to conference championship, I know the season's not done, but looking over some of this bracketology and some of these different brackets that are out there, Appalachian State is one of them. Jerry Palm has them as a 13 in the Midwest playing number four Duke. I can promise you the Blue Devils do not want to open up with Appalachian State. Mm. Vermont, for some reason, always gives people a lot of trouble in the tournament. Palm has them in the Midwest, too, versus Iowa State, a 14 seed. Watch out for Vermont and Indiana State. Have you seen this big guy they got on their team? That's a team that's kind of working their way up the actual seeding they were just in not long ago and moved up to an 11 seed in Palms bracket. So these are a few of the teams I highly recommend beginning to pay attention to what's happening in college basketball right now if you want to fill out a bracket or just don't pay attention at all and pick like Susie over in accounting picks just by the by the uh, mascots that she likes best because normally they're the ones that do better. I'm historically one of the worst bracketologists on earth. I'm, I'm actually not great myself. And, you know, for my entire life, I have, I have sat down and filled out dozens and dozens oh, yeah. and dozens of brackets when they come out. But yet, that doesn't make any sense because I'm filling out brackets and I've got games picked everywhere. And by the time the first day is done, every bracket's busted somehow. Right. So this year, I'm filling out like three. I'm filling out three ride-or-die brackets and that is it. I'm not filling out 50 of them paper-wise anymore. I used to p- keep them in a folder. and I mean, I used to do the whole thing, man, growing up. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Give me two or three ride-or-die brackets I'm and just gonna they're going to lose in the first day anyway. So Yeah, I'm just going to do one. When you start like doing multiple brackets, you start like seeing double and you think you're picking – you know, for the odds. If, well, if I put this guy instead of this guy in my other bracket, it's going to work out. It doesn't. I'll tell you a few teams real quick before the break over the years that I've fallen in love with in these tournaments, and they've absolutely busted my brackets. Xavier and Texas. I will never pick either <laughs> one of those teams ever again. <laughs> ever again. That's a, that's a long time, man. That's well, a long time. I, I'll probably fall in love with them. <laughs> yeah. The one of them will make a run in the uh, Big yeah. 12 or Big East tournament, and they'll be like, you know what? I'm going with the Musketeers if you do or you danged if you don't that's right go with go with your gut fill your bracket out and let it rip well we're going to do that over the next couple of weeks when they do come out hey we'll get to the phone lines when we come back you can be a part of it we'll do that and talk auburn and mississippi state here on espn 1067 Jacob Goertz 
on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone, and we're glad that you're with us on this March 1st, this cold, rainy afternoon. And, hey, before we get to the phone lines, wanted to let you know of an update on the side of Auburn athletics. Uh, The Auburn baseball game has been pushed back to tomorrow. Uh, That was something we had uh, gotten a little bit of a heads up that we thought could happen, but it is official. Uh, The game has been pushed back to tomorrow, so they will play a doubleheader. First game beginning at 1245. The second game will be about 30 minutes after that. Uh, Both of those you can find on AU100. That's 100.3 FM and AU100. AU100FM.com. Brad Law will be on the call for that. So just keep that in mind. Wanted to update everybody on that. And let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. And Andy, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Wiggle, guys. I couldn't uh, go into the weekend without talking to you. Um, That's right. We've been waiting on it, man. I I know. I don't want to be too eager and and come off as a jerk. Um, (laughs) But... uh, Listen, I, I went with Auburn, too. The spread was seven and a half, and I didn't see them losing by that, even though I just preached about they do the exact opposite of what we expect. And uh, believe it or not, they didn't cover. They lost by eight. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's odd. Right, Andy? Seven and a half point <laughs> spread, and uh, Tigers don't cover by eight. And there was a, uh, a blatant missed foul on a Jalen Williams three-pointer that might have... What are you uh, trying to say over there? I don't know. Just saying something. You know, just talking. Talk show. Same. I mean, exact same thing Alabama game up in Tuscaloosa. Um, mm. There's two things that could have that could have uh, turned the tide just on the spread. Was Don so, Daly the ref in both? I know he was at Tennessee. <laughs> K-Bag, if you're listening, uh, give us a text. You'll know. Yeah, someone smarter than that needs to come up with that because that, that's fishy. But, um, all right, we'll take care, and uh, I'm sure we'll do better luck this uh, weekend. Yeah. But I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I was thinking more about you guys than being upset <laughs> at the game. Uh, I was, while I was watching it, I was thinking about my pick too, Andy. And so appreciate the call, my man. You can get in, too, here on a free-for-all Friday at, on the line, 334-321-1390. And speaking of what Andy's talking about, it, the line for the Auburn game has dropped on scoresandodds.com, number 687-688 in your programs, 3 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN2. Number 11, Auburn, 21-7, and seven, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Mississippi State. That's a lot of points, Jacob. That is a lot of points, Uncle Tebow, and I will say that. Um, the same way we've talked about Alabama playing at home, Auburn has played that way at home except for one game, the Kentucky game. Right. Everything else, they've been dominant. They've won their games by – they've won all their home games by double digits. And then they lost the game to Kentucky where they played one of their worst games of the season. And you look at what this game is and what this looks like coming into it, right? That's a Mississippi State team that is hanging around in in bracketology. I had it pulled up just a second ago. I want to give you an, an accurate I think they're like an eight seed, I think. Right. See. They, they seem to be falling right at eight or nine in every one of these brackets. Uh, Yeah, eight seed, according to Joe Lenardi. They would be playing Nebraska in the first round and then more than likely Houston. So, yikes on that one. But Mississippi State, coming into this game against Auburn, they are 19-9 and overall on the season. They're coming off of that loss against Kentucky, a heartbreaking loss at home against Kentucky. Before that, they were on a five-game winning streak. Now, they were on a five-game winning streak against the bottom half of the league, Georgia, Missouri, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and LSU, but 
five-game winning streak to five-game winning streak. And some would say that they should have beaten Kentucky. They definitely had their chances to. Mm -hmm. And they come off of that game. They now play at Auburn, at A&M, and home for South Carolina. They're probably looking at going one and two in that stretch. They'd love to go two and one. But I think Auburn's just the better team. And I know that's not a, a crazy hot take because it's not, but Auburn has beaten teams like Mississippi State at home by double digits pretty much all year long, but we cannot forget when Auburn went to Stark Vegas and lost 64-58. to Yeah, it was a low-scoring affair. Uh, Tigers were ice cold in that game, kind of got pushed around on the boards. Over-under for the game tomorrow, 144.5, probably reflective of the uh, score the first time these two teams got together. Um, I don't really know if Mississippi State's going to hang with the Tigers at home. But I'll say this. they Auburn cannot allow Josh Hubbard to go off like he did in the Kentucky game because if he does, it's going to be a difficult win in Neville Arena. Can I say something really weird and crazy right here? Why not? I kind of hope he does. I hope he does have come in here and have a game tomorrow. That's weird and crazy. Because I want to see what Auburn does to stop it. What does Auburn do to adjust and figure out when somebody gets hot and goes off on them? Because they had no answer for Dalton Connect on Wednesday. And as I said earlier in the show, you're going to run up against somebody like that in the NCAA tournament. That's just, that's how it works. And you've got to find a way to overcome that. So who let Hubbard come in here and drop 25 on him tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, and let's see how Auburn can find a way to adjust and play another close game because guess what? You're not winning tournament games by 40. I can promise you that. 334-321-1390. Spectre, your thoughts on the game tomorrow, man? Well, um, I'm on cruise control. From here to the dance, I'm going to be on cruise control. I'm okay. Not I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to get too down. I'm just going to – I hope we just don't get injured and, and we play as well as we can. You're telling me you're not going to be upset if Auburn goes on the road and loses to Missouri next week? Well, well yes, <laughs> I will. I think, I think it's more – and I'm kind of picking up what you're laying down, Spectre. I think it's more about how we look the rest of the regular yeah. season like we did. Uh, we talked about this when you called in Wednesday when I was in studio. Uh, the t- You know, if something crazy happened and Auburn played a, you know, a, a solid game, but Missouri just went ballistic, I mean, it happens. Sometimes people just explode on you. You know, you just kind of take it in stride. Um, but if Auburn limps into the SEC tournament, uh, I don't think it's going to be hard for not just about anybody to be upset, including Bruce Pearl. Um, you know, I like I was talk, talking to Jacob yesterday. Auburn that they were they were in a position to win that game. There was no doubt about it. It it just things just didn't just well take connect out of the game and we win easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Chad Baker he he had a I mean the, the kid was running his sneakers off. Tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of times, like I told Jacob, I saw him just wrap connect up with his arms. And That's all luckily, that, too. Luckily, luckily, we didn't get called a foul. And one time on the, on the paint there, he, he wrapped his arm around him and threw him. And there wasn't a foul called. So, yeah, I was hoping that maybe we could rotate people in quick enough to, to wear, wear him out. But, well, uh, that's, but, you know, he, they, they pulled us out of the zone. 
right? That's what I was going to say, exactly. That's and, they, and so then we go with Chad Baker, Mazar, one-on-one. And I think we responded a little too late. I never liked Broom out there on him. He just blew past him. Well, Tennessee was just doing a, a great job at getting right. the switch. Yeah. Get get but but we, we, we waited a little too long to start trying to trap him. And that's that right. was a little effect. That was a little bit more effective. The only true answer to that is to do what the Detroit Pistons used to do to Michael Jordan when he went crazy on him. The Jordan rules. Somebody's going to have to come up with the connect rules, and those involve some very physical fouls at the rim. And that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so until yeah. Auburn was, and, and I think it, I think it even caught Bruce Pearl and staff a little. Uh, off guard just how quickly he went into the zone because i mean for most of the game auburn was in pretty good control of everything right right? and then he just hit some kind of switch you know t-bone this might be a blessing in disguise that we had this guy play as well as he did against us yeah that's what jacob was saying kind of right there specter you're exactly right sorry to cut you off about uh josh hubbard all right so if somebody else does this to us are we going to recognize it quicker and make adjustments quicker. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, let me ask y'all something else outside of basketball and in the sports world. Yeah. Is there anywhere in this town I can get a good bowl of chili? Hmm. I, 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 you know, I end up having to make it myself, but to get one on the road, I just can't find it. Does Wendy still town. have chili? As far as I know, they do. I'm pretty sure they used to put, cut up their hamburger and put that in the chili. Those, those hamburgers that didn't sell. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've had their chili before. Yeah, this is chili weather right here. It, it, it is chili weather. It's chili outside, yeah. which means it's got to be some chili on the inside, too. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm going to try to make my own i guess well hey if you find some that. man pass pass the word along i love some good chili now yes yes sir all right guys talk to you later appreciate it specter have a great weekend man three three four three two one thirteen ninety i like a good white chicken chili you like some of that white Absolutely. chicken chili we got a wonderful recipe for that jacob not to throw out any free plugs but occasionally waffle house has some de- decent chili hey yeah you better believe it waffle house does have some good chili i know yeah we hey i like getting out of my hash browns sometimes that's a, that's a risque move sometimes but that's what in the business we like to call that a regrease yeah that's this hey waffle house man they got some good food over there so yeah specter if you uh if you do find some good chili around town let us know man because i would love to have some of that on a day like today no about it. where it's just it's nasty outside but Auburn and Mississippi State tomorrow. I said I was going to make a crazy statement, and Spectre kind of backed me up a little bit. Yeah, Auburn needs to see something like that again. I'm not saying let the guy go off for 40 points again, because if you do that, you're going to lose. But I would like to see Mississippi State come in and knock down some shots, and guess what? We've seen them do that, and we've seen other teams do that, coming into Neville Arena and shooting the basketball well. Auburn has to find a way to win close games. They didn't win the close game on Wednesday night. They didn't do it. And we've been asking and waiting for Auburn to play in these close games. Mm -hmm. Because we were talking about how in, in the SEC, all of their wins were by double digits. And their losses, look at their losses in SEC play. The Alabama game was a four point game. That was a loss. Mississippi State was a six point game. That was a loss. You had the Florida and Kentucky games, which were double digits. 
And then the Tennessee game on Wednesday was an eight-point game, and you lost. Auburn has not won a close game this year. And that still does concern me. Do I think they can do it? Sure, I think they can. But they haven't had to do that much this year. And that, that is a little, yeah, a little concerning on my side. And maybe Mississippi State gives them a shot tomorrow night. I don't know. No, they're going to give them a shot. I mean, any team right now that's tournament worthy is going to give you all they got from here on out. I mean, no, question. no one's just going to sleepwalk through a game any longer. Yeah. If you do, it is a massive red flag. Well, I joked about with Spectre about Auburn going on the road next week to Missouri. That's an 8 o'clock tip at a game and a team that as of right now is winless in the SEC. Who knows what you're going to get out of that team? And, man, what a devastating loss that would be for Auburn. I mean, what would it? Maybe, maybe not. You don't want to be yeah, – I think Chris Gordy I, may have said this yesterday. You don't want to be that team. No, you don't. You want to be the team that goes on the road and takes care of business right now against lesser opponents who aren't even going to the NIT. I mean, you want to show the bra- – You want to show – They don't know the word the, postseason this year in Missouri. You want to know the selection committee. You want to show the selection committee – right now that you deserve to be a four even maybe a three and going on the road and no showing against missouri is a massive red flag to the committee to put you in a really really tough matchup round one where you don't want to be auburn and mississippi state tomorrow tigers favored you said by nine and a half points man that's are we are we judging that line because of what happened a few nights ago? Are we judging that line because of what happened the last time Auburn played in Neville Arena? Because take take that spread before the I don't know before the Florida game, we would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Shoot, Auburn's going to win by fifteen. Auburn's going to win by twenty. And then they hit the Florida game, and they are two and three in their last five. So I think this stretch that's been extremely tough. Well, it's good. Okay, you can say they're three of in their last three for three in their last six. We'll start with the Alabama game. They're three for three in their last six yeah. games, and I think before that, Auburn being favored by nine and a half points at home would have been a no-brainer. Everybody would have put the rent on it. But given what's happened here in the last few games, yeah, I think it's okay to be a little, a little concerned with the line. But Auburn can beat Mississippi State by thirty if they want to. No, I mean, look, if Auburn gets on a roll in Neville Arena, they can beat just about anybody by 30 in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's been a, a house of horrors for teams that come in into Neville Arena for the most part. Uh, that place gets loud on a Saturday night. Uh, the weather's going to hopefully be a little bit better. People are going to be cooped up, and they all show up at Neville Arena after having a nice time in downtown beforehand. Watch out, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, let's uh, let's take our final break. We'll come back, give our final picks, predictions, thoughts on Auburn and Mississippi State, the other games around the league, including Alabama-Tennessee. Our man Andy's waiting on you to make a pick on Auburn-Tennessee or Auburn-Mississippi State so he can uh, <laughs> so he can go the other way, Uncle T-Bone. We'll have all that for you and wrap up the week and the show when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
winding down here on the Friday edition of On the Line and winding down the week on what's been uh, it's been a crazy one. We'll just leave it at that, man. It's been a wild week, and it's not over yet, believe me. But uh, we hope you all are having a great day, and we hope you all have a great weekend, man. We appreciate you being with us all week long, all day long, all show long, however long you've been here. We are very appreciative of you. And we always say this, and I want to keep pumping this, man. Nobody's working harder than we are. Nobody's having more fun than we are. And when we do, you put those two things together, and uh, good things happen. I'll tell you that. And look, yep. a busy, busy weekend around the Plains. Tons of Auburn athletics going on. Just visit the Auburn Athletics website because uh, we don't have time to tell you everything that's going on. But uh, well, I'll give you an update on our broadcast stuff really quickly. Here's what baseball looks like. The game today for Auburn baseball got pushed back. Doubleheader tomorrow, beginning at 1245, AU100 and 100.3. That's the only place to find it. That's where you have to go for the radio broadcast, okay? Doubleheader versus UConn. The game on Sunday will be on Wings 94.3. Tomorrow afternoon, the Auburn men's basketball game versus Mississippi State will be on Wings. That's Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. And then right after that, you can tune in with Jack Hudden and Kyle Rush for after the game. That is going on the right after the uh, pregame show with Andy Bertram and the Auburn Sports Network, an hour-long call-in reaction show. So go and tune into that. Those guys do a great job. Give your thoughts on the game tomorrow, the result between Auburn and Mississippi State. And also, Auburn women's basketball will be on Sunday, the season, regular season finale. That's on AU100 as well. Uncle T-Bone, Auburn, Mississippi State tomorrow in men's basketball. Who do you have? Who's got to play well? What has to happen for the Tigers to get back on track? Got to have better guard play than we did up in Tennessee. That's where you start. Uh, interested to see how many more minutes Jalen Williams gets tomorrow. Only played in 21. Uh, love how Chaney Johnson's playing. And that's uh, it, not just the injury, but one of the reasons why Jalen Williams probably not playing as much. Mm-hmm. Guy stepped up. Uh, is the Denver Jones experiment at point guard over? I mean, because I didn't quite see it the other night. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. I need to see some more personnel changes. Uh, Katie Johnson's going to do what Katie Johnson does. I would put him on Josh Hubbard and harass and menace him like Katie Johnson only can. Janai Broom is going to have to play a little bit tougher brand of basketball inside and so than they did against Mississippi State the first time. And Mr. Cardwell himself cannot get in foul trouble like he did on the road against Mississippi State and Starkville. That really hurt us in that game. I'm going to take the Tigers 75-70. to 70. Uh, Mississippi State's playing some really good basketball right now. And I know Auburn, when they win and Neville, blow people out. But, man, that just seems like way too many points for me. Auburn has to not turn the ball over. I think they need to use this as a not, – not necessarily a get-right game, but – a confidence game maybe where they've got to go on a little winning streak here we've talked about the last three games of the season Mississippi State at Missouri and home for Georgia you've got to win these games I mean these are this is a Mississippi State's a tournament team it's the last one you have on the schedule until you get to Nashville for the SEC tournament prove that you can do it prove that you can win this game you're at home crowd's gonna be there it's a perfect chance for you to come in and get a big win don't turn the ball over and just do your thing. Run your plays. Play your game. Auburn's a better team. And it's crazy. I think they are, too. They can't allow Mississippi State to drag them down to play to their level. Exactly. And it's crazy that this is a revenge game. This is a game to get even with Mississippi State on the year. 
Auburn had no business losing this game in Starkville. They had no business losing this game. Weird circumstances around that game too. They did something they don't ab- that was abnormal to the program. They went on that little bus ride that I like to call it in the cheese wagon and were gone for like a week. Tigers uh, had an emotional game against Tennessee, but they've been home for a couple of days. Yeah, I think Auburn wins tomorrow, and I think Auburn will cover tomorrow. I think they cover the nine and a half. I think Auburn wins by double digits. I think they look good. I think they shoot good. And have some fun tomorrow. You've been on a grind, man. These games have been a grind. Come out tomorrow and play a little loose. Have some fun. Get a good win. Go on a winning streak. And let's get to the postseason play, man. I like it. It's coming around. Auburn and Mississippi State tomorrow, 3 o'clock. You can find that on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com. There's all sorts of Auburn athletics going on this weekend. Softball, baseball, men and women's basketball, tennis, all sorts of things. Go find something to do. You can't be bored this weekend. It's impossible. If you're in town, go find something to do. Find it on the radio and have a great weekend. Uncle T-Bone, I'll see you on Monday, man. Yep. We'll have a good one on Monday and talk about everything all over again. And like Jacob said, it's March. It's maybe the best month for sports. There's plenty going on, so be involved in War Eagle. We'll be back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.